This podcast is brought to you by Anchor. Are you thinking about doing your own podcast, but you don't know how? Well, have you heard about Anchor? It's actually the platform that I'm hosting through this right now. And yes, it's free. Not only is it free, it's super easy to use. There's creation tools that allow you to record and edit your podcast right from your phone or computer. And you can even add any song from Spotify directly to your episodes. Anchor will distribute your podcast for you so it can be heard on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and so much more. It's really that easy. And guess what? You can actually make money from your podcast with no minimum listenership. That's a big deal. So it's really everything you need in one place to make an amazing podcast. All you have to do is download the free Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started today. And then we get to this door and then they speak speak some Kurdish and then I go upstairs and it's a bar and everyone in there is Chinese. What the fuck? I'm like, what? What's going on? And I was like, no, did you? I was like, hey, I'm not Chinese. He's like, oh, that's why I brought you. I thought you, you could, you, you know them or something. That's fucking <laughs> funny, like, dude. I'm like, wait, there's a Chinese bar in the middle of Iraq. <laughs> you see, in the middle yo, of Iraq, you come in and like, welcome. Yeah, yo, Chinese entrepreneurship is like. In five, four, three, two, one. Annyeonghaseyo, everybody. Welcome to <laughs> another episode of the Genius Brain podcast. We have one of our favorite guests here. The new favorite guest is Ed Park, the other one. <laughs> uh, the other one cheers ed park vp Ch- cheers. cheers people still love uh edric park too but we're just mixing it up shout with out different to ed ed. too mm-hmm. it's so funny that he called he already called himself ed too so i'm like i'm all automatically <laughs> ed, ed one, one. <laughs> <laughs> so one of the things that people wanted us to talk about on this podcast which you know there's a lot of glancing stories throughout the podcast that i've talked about when it came to growing up in a korean church uh ed and i so if you guys don't know, there's a lot of heavy like Korean Christian communities <laughs> throughout the United States, right? And something very unique that I didn't know until I met Ed is that there is a substantially huge uh, Korean Christian population in Seattle. Yeah. I had no idea because yeah. Sacramento's Korean population is relatively small, mm-hmm. but you know we somehow just find each other, and that's usually through church. Yeah. So I think. Uh, we were, well, you were like, I guess everyone wants to talk about church stories, but we're like, where do we start? Yeah. Right? It's like, okay, let's go to the late 19th century. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, like, like, what's it? Like, uh, the Philippines and, uh, Japan and all of them, they got like Dutch Catholics and whatever. Right? Yeah. And like the Spanish Inquisition. But for Koreans, we got American Presbyterians. Yeah. You notice everyone's Presbyterian. Too. Yeah. I, my, the church that I grew up in <laughs> was a Presbyterian church. Right. The very first Korean church, uh, church in Korea apparently is a Presbyterian church. Oh, wow. And so everyone, even if you have friends that went to a Baptist church, they're running it like Presbyterians. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. <laughs> Which pretty much uh, Presbyterian is, uh, it's a democratic church system mm. where the speaking pastor is just seen as like a teacher but yeah. he doesn't really have the power right mm. and that's why there's all these elders changnonyms yeah right from every district of where they live in yeah right and then they all vote together who's the elder representing their district and then those elders represent the congregation yep and then they make votes right and then so that's why get korean churches get so political and so rowdy it's so it, 
just to you know you know now that you say that i look at this recent election and i'm like it's a korean church it gets that it's, political. Yeah. People start doing conniving shit. They're they're trying to like butter other people up to make sure that they stay in power within yes. the church, which yes. is such an odd thing that I would witness. Because we would have election days like once a year where you mm-hmm. vote for that eldership. And some of those Ajishis, man, they start walking around super pious. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and like, you know, helping people get their food and volunteering and shit until they get their vote. Then they walk around with their hands behind their back. And their nose in the air. Yeah. And shit. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like, so, uh, so Korean Christianity is very Presbyterian. That's why it's very political too. And that f- obviously followed us. So they had a huge quote, like revival, 1911, I think that's what mm. it is. And um, where Christianity just blew up all over Korea. And so that's why a lot of us immigrants. And our parents were all Presbyterian. That's so interesting because my my dad told me this. uh, My dad got his education because he went to like one of those Korean Christian schools in South Korea. Yeah. (laughs) You know, and that's how his introduction into Christianity happened because my family was Buddhist before. Right. So we had like our own shrines and like little temples that our family was affiliated with or owned in Korea. And then my dad, through that Presbyterian church missionary work, he mm-hmm. became Christian. Yeah, like uh, a lot of like Korean history, our religion history is obviously Buddhist, but the other one culturally is, is shamanistic, right? Where yeah. they turn to animals and shit. Yeah, right? which is so dope. Right? What was, it, what was the one? Korean, there was a Korean film about that. What was it? Uh, uh, it, it was like a slight know. horror film, but it, you you see the old old right. religion, the shamanism. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So. Within that, like, that's why when the missionaries came, like, because there's so many different gods, they were like, no, there's Hananim. That's where the, there's one, one God. Yeah. yeah. And that's where that comes from. So for us, when Koreans started coming to uh, America to set up a church, right? Um, so what I found out um, a while ago when our church came up with a yearbook, apparently our church is the first Korean church in Washington state <laughs> that I Oh, grew up really? In. Yeah. So my mom, when she immigrated there, went to youth group at the church I grew up in. And that's wow. why our church was is pretty big for a Korean church out there in Tacoma because it was the first one. That's why our districts reach out all the way to Seattle, Bellevue, Bothell, Renton, like Federal Way. Holy shit. All these other cities in Washington with Koreans in them, mm-hmm. you know. Um, so our our church was pretty big because of its like it's like almost 50 years old now which is crazy wow that's really old yeah, yeah. um <laughs> it's all the elders were my like mom's like oppas and onions and stuff it's so it's, weird it, it, the church dynamic was so odd I, I think when when you're kind of introduced to religion as a kid you go because your parents go right uh-huh. and then at a certain point when you reach an age you have to decide whether you want to be a part of this or not Right. Right. Uh, and usually what happens is, is like you're fr- you grew up with these people. They are your friends. And that becomes like your identity. Right. Because you guys mm-hmm. all grew up in this soul system. And so you want to stay in it because your friends are in it, too. Right. <laughs> you know, so it's it's your family identity. It's your 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 social identity. It's everything to you. Mm-hmm. So my weird experience was I fucking hated church as a kid. <laughs> <laughs> I was this little asshole that hate. You know, when you were a kid. <laughs> 
uh, and you would go to VBS, which is Vacation Bible School, yeah. uh, there would be some of the older classmates. They would run the programs and all the other stuff. I, I literally have my VBS like little sticker thing with my picture on it. And I'm scowling. Like into the camera because they're telling me to make it. I'm against the wall and I'm squinting with my eyes super hard. Like, fuck you. I don't want to be here. Because I, I I, just – there's something about me where I just didn't like doing group activities, right? So if it was like everybody was raising their hands, I'm just sitting there like, why? Why do, why do I have to do this? And then people would get mad at me. They would get fucking mad at me. They're like, oh, you're, you're not down for Christ? <laughs> you ain't down for Christ? You think you're too cool for Christ? It's like, no, I just don't want to do this, you know? I think I was caught up in that because I love church. Yeah. My situation being because I hated being at school on the weekdays. Mm. I'd always come to the week and hang out in Tacoma for the uh, weekends. And I just fucking loved being there. Yeah. But then it was also like I also caused a lot of trouble because I don't know. We were just like wild teenage kids yeah. too. But um, man. Ray, I hope you edit this part because I lost my train of thought. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's all good. <laughs> <laughs> it's always yep. But, you know, some of the stuff that people want to talk about, I know you guys want to get into the juicy details, but th- this background is super important to understand the dynamic of a Korean church right. because culture, Korean culture and that and the Christian religion would mix together super hard, which made the environment in a Korean church awkward like you don't you don't understand what these rules are right because sometimes it's like oh these christian rules apply but the korean cultures here stands on top first oh my gosh yeah. so i never understood like okay well what's the hierarchy here what are, what rules are we following by right and th- there would be so much the church dynamic was interesting too because i think everybody from an outside perspective you thought that Everybody who went to a church are these perfect human beings, right? Right. When really it's just a bunch of trash ass people, right? You know, that need saving that come together. Right. So you see a lot of trash behavior. <laughs> so, and dude, I I've told this. Uh, here's here's one segue that we could start off right, and we were just talking about it before on the podcast. The idea of a chastity ring was the dumbest fucking thing I've ever seen in my fucking life, because nobody that I knew that had a fucking chastity ring at church no. kept their virginity. It's like, well, I thought about a lot too, but like, especially Koreans, because what you're saying earlier is we mix Confucianism with Christianity. Yeah. So it's like everything is based off fear. <laughs> everything. You're not, not, we're not doing anything because we love Jesus. We're doing it because we're scared. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and so what they're trying to hide a lot, like when you say that to me, is like Koreans are horny as hell. Yeah, <laughs> like, like I I know we are. It's like I'm not the only one, right? Yeah. <laughs> Why am I so fucking wild? dude? Half the dudes in the youth group only went to church because they wanted to fuck one of the girls. Right. There. That's that's what the funniest thing is too is when uh <laughs> I used to love this moment where we're we have our own youth group, right? But then there's a new girl that comes in. All the guys stop and they look at the new girl because they're like, "Who the? <laughs> this is somebody new in the pool that we could." possibly date and all the dudes would be super fucking nice and i hated this thing too where it's like the church opa they would always try to do like the sleaziest fucking things to these younger girls and it was so hard to watch right so it would a church opa if you guys don't know is like the guy that tries to spiritually guide this younger girl right and what their actual intention is is to fuck her and it was the most creepiest thing that I would always see in Korean churches. They they see this girl. She's trying to get to know God. But the guy is trying to make sure that she knows God through his dick. <laughs> <laughs> 
she would, she would, this girl would always be like, and they would find them through their vulnerable moments and they will reach. It's like, Hey, if you ever need somebody to talk to, you could call me, you know, I'm only like a phone call away. And then he would guide her, help her spiritually. And the next thing you know, she's over at his house and he tries and he tries to fuck. And I'm like, that's the most sleaziest thing you could do. I hated that shit. And these guys, by the way, the reason why I fucking hate them is because they're losers and they're fucking pussies. Because the only way they can get a girl to talk to her is one, when they're beaten down, they, they feel like they have nothing left to lose. And they come in as their quote yeah. unquote spiritual savior. And that's how they get to them, which makes you a fucking trash human being. I fucking hated those guys. I, uh, when I was in college, I was doing, uh, I was a youth group teacher and um, I was co-teaching with another dude um, the eighth grade, mm -hmm. and it's it's so t it's making my stomach like sink. Yeah. <laughs> this oh, okay because <laughs> when you're telling it like it, it's ugh. you know exactly what I'm uh, talking yeah, about. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> this it's the fucking eighth grade, and this new girl comes, and all of a sudden my co my partner in this is tension all's out like on this girl yeah and i just have to be like hey man like cut it out cut, yeah, yeah hey dude like he's like no dude it's nothing i actually knew when she was in kindergarten i'm like her opa <laughs> bro i i'm gonna stab this guy i don't even know who he is i'm gonna stab this motherfucker yeah fuck this guy and <laughs> shit starts getting weird where it's just like where He's seeing her on the weekdays. He's picking her up and giving her rides. He's, Why? Yeah. Like what? What? For what purpose do you need that for? And then, yeah, someone said they witnessed him kiss her in the parking lot. How, how old was he? He was twenty. You were twenty. What girl in the yeah. fuck? That's a thirteen-year-old. And yeah, I put him in a. We put him in a room. And you're like, yo, this isn't cool. You can't do this. You're da, legit, da. Dude. And he's like. I know what I'm doing, and I know you guys don't know. And I know what I'm defense. doing. Listen, I've been raping girls since <laughs> <laughs> for the past for the past six years. You fuck. So, and uh, eventually gets to a point where he just he quits, and they start dating. <laughs> where the but, fuck is this girl's parents? Exactly. That's what's so. So to get to that point about our area in Tacoma uh it's lower middle class yeah. Lakewood exactly um a, a lot of us when we were talking about the church history uh Koreans went to church when in the 70s and 80s because that's where all the Koreans were yeah <laughs> it's, it's still it's how it technically yeah. works now yeah yeah like if you're you don't live in LA and there's a you don't have a Korea town you're gonna go to church yeah <laughs> that's your Korea you town know, that's your Korea town <laughs> yeah you know, and so, um, but also the environment of where this church is matters too. Mm -hmm. And a lot of our kids are um, neglected. Uh, parents are working. Um, they ain't got shit to do or whatever. And and it's just, yeah, the system of vulnerability and these fucking just shit ass dudes <laughs> taking advantage of that what a fucking creep dude yeah that's that blows my and you know what this i so my dad my dad was one of the uh the, the church uh deacons uh at the church that we used to go to there's a church that i used to grow up in right and the the politics and emotions that go goes on between that kind of fucks up 
a lot of relationships within that community, right? Yeah. So uh, there was a dude that was a youth group leader. And, you know, we would do these retreats. And retreats are these, like, spiritual retreats. So we would go out. We would praise God. You know, we get all emotional, yeah. open our hearts to each other and shit. I love retreats. <laughs> you know? <laughs> and then we have really fun games. We would fuck around. Skits. Doing, yeah. Hell yeah. Yeah, skits. skits. All that shit. That's I why to, we do YouTube videos, right? Yeah. Because we always win skits. Yeah, that's we how always... it started was these little fucking sketches. I used to kill that shit. Um this podcast is brought to you by BetterHelp. Is there something interfering with your happiness or is preventing you from achieving your goals, my friends? I know I've been in that place and the reason why is because I never really focused on my mental health. Now, here's a couple of things. Some of us out there might not be comfortable, especially right now during this pandemic, to be going out and seeing a therapist. Well, there's also online help and BetterHelp is here to help you with your mental health. It's not a crisis line. It's not self-help. It is professional counseling done securely on Line. This service, by the way, is available for clients worldwide. BetterHelp is committed to facilitating great therapeutic matches so they make it easy and free to change counselors if needed. BetterHelp wants you to start living a happier life today because you deserve it, my friends. I have used online counseling before and the convenience is great. And I got to tell you, ever since I started focusing on my mental health, I have been so much happier. Let's get rid of that stigma that people don't need mental help for your health. You do need it and there's nothing wrong with it. And BetterHelp is here to help you. Visit betterhelp.com slash genius. That's better H-E-L-P and join over 1 million people who have taken charge of their mental health with the help of an experienced professional. In fact, so many people have been using BetterHelp. They are recruiting additional counselors in all 50 states. Special offer for my genius brain listeners. Get 10% off your first month at betterhelp.com slash genius. That's B-E-T-T-E-R-H-E-L-P dot com slash genius today. But there was one of these guys who I've talked about this guy on the podcast before, but I never told, I don't think I told this specific story, but this dude was a, a trash bag. He was an emotional trash bag. So he kind of was once again around this younger girl. This girl was a year younger than I was, right? Uh, he at the time was uh, just started going to college, I think out in Davis. And he was one of the church leaders within the group. So <clears throat> lo and behold, during the retreat, he actually fucked her. At the retreat. Oh. So they they snuck off somewhere. You know, we have our separate cabins for guys and girls. They snuck off and he fucking hooked up with her at the retreat. So my dad caught wind of this because obviously people are talking. People are upset. They're pissed off. Right. But before it can get to the other deacons, that kid, the, the, the college person was his dad was a deacon and my dad was a deacon as well. Mm. So my dad took him aside and had a conversation with him. I did tell the story on the podcast, but he took him aside and uh, had a conversation with him and he just started going off on my dad. He was like, what the fuck? You know, you, he's like, how dare you come up to me? My dad's like, hold on a second. I'm telling you this personally before it gets to you and rumors start. So you need to go talk to your son and figure this stuff out first. Right. So lo and behold, this guy's like in denial. And I'm, by the way, this motherfucker lives across the street from me. <laughs> right. And I, when, when I heard he went off on my dad, I was like, in my mind, I'm going yeah. to fuck his son up and I'm going to fuck that guy up too because my dad's trying to do you a fucking favor and it turns out of course it's true yeah. you know it's true the guy gets he doesn't get banished from church but people know about him and everybody started looking at that dude sideways and because like these emotions are involved he doesn't want to address the situation and some of these korean parents they're so stupid like you guys your children are not angels <laughs> like they're they're not as sweet as you think that think they are. You don't know your kids. And a lot of Asian parents don't know their kids on that type of level. So they just think that these these dogmatic um 
ideals that I've been beating into my kids, like this is who they are. Yeah. But you don't know your kids at all. A lot of your kids were fucking scumbags and I had yeah. to deal with that shit, you yeah. know? No, I um d- dealt with um there's a number a handful of just these older dudes taking advantage of these younger girls and I don't know what the fucking like that's a like I don't know why that shit keeps happening in churches it's just church thing all across right catholics have that problem mm-hmm. it's in the news all the time or whatever and it's one of those things which makes you just be like let me just distance from this shit now like yeah. what the fuck it's, you know? it's it's like that that people kind of everybody comes to church for different reasons right and we we had this idea that we think that everybody's the same but everybody's so different some people don't have the best intentions when they come in they they it's not that they're evil but they have these bad tendencies and people kind of mm-hmm. glaze over it mm-hmm. because they don't want to stir the pot or or they don't want to confront people i'll tell you i think um church these days are pretty keen on that now especially because of social media people blow yeah. you up dude yeah um i remember my senior pastor I love him too. Shout out to Pastor Sam. I love you. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Some guy was uh, like, mind you, this is the senior pastor of the Korean church. So he does the main service in Korean. And we were missing an English ministry pastor. He came in. I mean, he's a Princeton grad. And he he would do the same sermon um, for us in English while there was no one there. And um, like I said, there's a military base in, in... in Tacoma and so people get stationed there and they look for church or whatever this one dude like first day there nobody knows who he is and he's sitting next to this girl and then he puts his arm around there in the middle of service well, who the fuck is this it's just some fucking guy his what first the time there yeah and like yeah my my senior pastor had like yeah just had a word like straight up to his face like Either you're coming here for the right reason or you're getting out or whatever. So um, I think people's awareness of that is like on high guard now because people don't want that shit, right? Yeah. But I'll tell you what, like um, sometimes like I went to uh, – so, okay, I I hope you can edit this better so I can <laughs> no, tell ahead. this story. So uh, when I went back to Washington – uh, I didn't. I felt super out of place at my home church. Mm. You know, I, I didn't really feel like like everybody went on with their lives. They're different. Everyone's married. They have kids, and meanwhile, I'm I'm like thirty, not married yet, or whatever. So I feel out of place, and like also people like to pressure you to get married. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so I went to another church, which is younger, uh, based like average age being like late college, um. So I was like about maybe three years older than the average person there. Mm-hmm. So uh, they had a a newcomer's like bowling like get together. So I was like, yeah, hey, I haven't been bowling for of course. Korean churches and bowling yeah. and volleyball are the two biggest things you could ever do. So we're bowling and stuff, and then like a uh, kid comes out like, hey, um, so why'd you want to, you know, join this church? You know, I'm like, yeah, I uh. I don't know. I think I need a new setting. Um, I really, really like the praise team. They're really good. Mm-hmm. Uh, this and that. And he's like, well, I mean, like, you're, you're like so much older than everyone. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know what? <laughs> I was just like, 
what is this ageism in church now? Yeah. <laughs> Where I'm like, like, I don't know what, why I, I, off the bat, I almost felt unwelcome. Yeah. But I stuck it out at least because um, I know the people there and whatnot. But um, after a while, it was just like being the old guy in a church felt weird. Like I'm only at this point 30, 31, 32. Um, That's but, not that much of a difference. But yeah, but because like we were saying that Confucianism embedded in us. Yeah. They can't help but keep looking at me like this older guy and like this guy mm. that they have to listen to and this guy that they have to or whatever, even though I'm a nobody yeah, <laughs> kind of thing. And like the kids will call me young and whatever, like, which was cool and stuff. But then it, it put me at this like gap where I couldn't even ha have like a closer relationship with these people because they always want to distance themselves into yeah. I don't know this well, that's age what, way. Yeah, that's where that Korean cult. It was hard for me sometimes because I, even though like I was born in Korea, uh, I speak Korean to my parents only. I, I grew up in an area where there weren't a lot of Korean people, so the concept of calling somebody Hyung that wasn't my brother, <laughs> I, I wasn't having it, you know. And so when dudes would come up and they'll call me Hyung, I'd be oh first. Gosh. I'd be like, no, and they thought it was super disrespectful. It's like it's not super disrespectful, bitch. We're in America. <laughs> <laughs> but wait, wait. How big were you when you were in like youth group? <laughs> this, this size. <laughs> this size, yeah. yeah so. so when those guys would tell me to, yeah, calling me home, I get a beating. Dude, I, I got a beating. <laughs> I, I had a I had an issue with that stuff too because I didn't like the way some of these older Korean guys, because they're so used to that Korean culture of hyungship, like call me your hyung. I get, and there's a lot of hazing in Korean churches that we, we can get into. Purple nurples, fucking motorcycles, <laughs> fucking you motorcycles. up. Motorcycles. You know, but the thing about that shit, by the way, a motorcycle, if you guys don't know, is where you grab somebody by the ankles, you stick your foot in the middle of their like fucking this, chode. Take your ankles. <laughs> it doesn't hurt, but it tickles and it feels, the. it's like the worst. It hurts and it tickles at the same time there's some no youngs will make it hurt <laughs> yeah so i i had a problem in church and uh, i didn't start really getting into church until i got a little older because when i was younger people would try to sun me all the time yes and the weird thing is is like you guys grew up in a nicer area i did not grow up in a nice area mm. you don't get to talk to me like that unless you're gonna kill me like unless you're yeah. gonna do something unless you're jumping me into a fucking gang which i'm not about either you can't do that and i remember there was this one guy which you know this guy interesting and i think pretty sure he's a really nice guy now but he had a habit of thinking he was a thug and he grew up in a nice area right and he got you know, whatever he scrapped with a few people back in the day right but he was three years older than me but i'm about the same height as him you know and so i remember he came up to me and told me to call him young and i looked at him i was like no and then he was like you better call me young and he slapped me upside my head and i remember just that moment too he slapped me upside my head and then I looked around because my dad's a deacon at this church. Yeah. I can't do anything bad. And he knows that. He knows that I can't act up because I would get my fucking ass beat by my dad. Mm. And then, you know, maybe some other deacons will whip my ass too. There's this thing in like Korean culture too. Like you get a transfer whooping. It doesn't matter who your parents are. Somebody will whoop your ass and it's okay. You know what the funny thing is? Because we're Koreans, like there's so many brawl stories at church. Yeah. <laughs> for Koreans. So I, many fight stories. There's fight stories at church. Like... Even when I was in elementary, oh, dude, your cousin got in a fight. Like, what, what, what? And then I got older and then the youth pastor was at a different church and I was like doing some ministry stuff with him. He's like, oh, I remember you or whatever, right? Yeah. And then he goes, yeah, um, these your cousin and this guy, they were trying to fight or whatever. This is how Korean this shit is. He goes, they all 
came to me and they were like, Pastor, Pastor, stop, stop this, right? And he went to them, they're like scuffling, and he goes, You two should fight. You guys should fight each other. But one of you have to die because you're fighting <laughs> because you're fighting in God's house. <laughs> That's what he said. That is the most <laughs> You this is a so you you mix korean fucking like crazy uh, like uncontrollable emotion with a christianity <laughs> like, you get some wild shit 하나님 앞에서 하고 싶으면 죽어 <laughs> so like even like um like probably there's a lot of koreans um uh, who have like a, a youth pastor used to be a gangster too, right? <laughs> I love those pastors the most because some of these pastors were so funny because I don't think they're trying to sometimes scare people straight when some of these dudes don't need to be scared straight. And it's the most horrific stories ever. <laughs> and I see these kids mortified. I'm like, I don't, you're not in Compton, bro. <laughs> you know, they're like, hey, when I was your age, I used to kill people. And I'm like, what are you doing? <laughs> like, why would you say that? And so now I'm going to believe in God. Thank you. Yeah. <laughs> because you murdered people. You see these tattoos? You know, they would always show their tattoos. Like, what the fuck? So um, one of the pastors I was closest with, um, so like uh, he was in his 40s and he became a new pastor. So he was a chando, like an, you know, uh, intern pastor, youth pastor. But he's in his 40s, and it was because he spent a majority of his life as a gangster in KK. Yeah. Um, which is a, an OG, like, gang it in Korea for, uh, Korean, Korean killers. Korean killers. Yeah. Um, the funny thing is, like, my whole life, my mom would give me the gang talk, right? <laughs> She'd be like, don't join a gang. Don't ever join a gang, no matter what. I'm like, oh, my why am I going to join a gang? You know, it's because your dad was in a gang. Yeah. He was in KKK. I'm like, <laughs> no, he wasn't, Oma. Oma, he was not in KKK. Yes, he was. I was in KKK, right? And so this new youth pastor comes. He goes, I was in a gang in Koreatown, and we were called KK. So I was like, oh, shit. You know, yeah. so I went to my mom, and I was like, oh, my, was he in KKK? No, he was in KK. Oh, Majo KK. I was like, you don't add the extra K. That's a yeah. different group of people. This fucking youth pastor was in the same gang as my dad. That's so fucking funny. And they knew each other from like the late 70s and that, early 80s in K-Town. That's when they started. Yeah, that's when they started. When, when yeah. like the huge Korean immigration started in the 70s. Yeah. And so the thing was... Oh, this, so your dad's from LA. Yeah, yeah. When he... So... That whole story, my dad was uh, adopted, um, <laughs> long lost twin, uh, got split at birth, uh, went to, came here to America, uh, grew up in K-Town, went to Virgil, you know, on Vermont. And like- I know that school. Yeah. <laughs> That's, that was where I used to live, yeah. so right around the corner. Yeah. So like he grew up here in America, you know, and my dad, at one point, he told me some stories about like- the wild shit they would do, like uh, just fights and brawls and stuff. And this pastor, when I came up to him, I was telling him, hey, um, my mom told me my dad's in KK too. And he was like, what? Who's your dad? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and they linked up and they became friends because my dad got saved when he was like 45. Yeah. You know, after a whole bunch of like life of crazy shit. Um, so they linked up and like, yeah, they like did wild shit 
in the 70s so this use this guy told me like uh on korean independence day they'd go to little tokyo right him him and the other kk guys and they were serious about foosball you know the table soccer what thing. the fuck and they had the gloves and everything yeah. right <laughs> Oh, you don't sheep sick, you don't eat one sick, you don't don't sick, you don't know, you don't know, you don't know. They go to little Tokyo on Korean Independence Day, look for some Japanese kids at a YMCA or whatever, right? And it's like, let's do this, put money on this, right? And then he goes, win or lose, we would beat them up to a pulp. And then we go, and bounce and then run away. Got a plan. Yeah. <laughs> We're going to a fucking YMCA neutral playing ground. We're going to fuck up these Japanese people and say yeah. Korean pride forever yeah. and then run away. Got a fucking trash ass plan. So that was my youth pastor. That's hilarious, dude. <laughs> so like, um, so he understood like my, when I would act out and I would lose control or, you know, and I have to do that. Like he understood me the best a lot of people didn't mesh with him well um but he really understood me i think very well and which i really appreciated out of him because like um my younger sister was dating this kid right mm-hmm. <laughs> um so they're like in high school dating whatever and all my youngs were pushing like are you gonna beat this guy up <laughs> like, wait what? why why <laughs> right because he's dating your sister you gotta fuck him up <laughs> like uh I'm not sure if that part comes yet, right? Yeah. <laughs> and it's like, even if he's a good guy, it's like, yeah, you got to beat him up. Yeah. It's like, but he's a good guy. <laughs> they like each other. They care about each other. No, 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 no. You, you have to kill him. <laughs> well, over time, they ended things very, in a very sour manner. Mm. And all my friends, <laughs> they were bullying him and saying, oh, it's going to fuck you up. <laughs> and I'm like, why are you saying this? <laughs> Like, what are you guys talking about? And then so it started, look, it's just like a turn of events. This it started fucking with his head. Mm-hmm. So he started calling me out and calling me a bitch and that I'm not going to do anything. And he's like, even if it, if he beats me up, I'm just going to bleed all over him. Laugh. And you say, wild, stupid emo shit like what that. What kind of, what is wrong with this kid? Right. So. Dude, I wish you would stab me. Yeah. I'm going to ruin your white shirt. You know how hard it is to get blood out of a white shirt? Like, <laughs> All right, bro. <laughs> <laughs> Should have a lot of bleach. <laughs> so, <laughs> so it came to a point where I got to talk to this kid. Mm-hmm. I finally got to talk to this kid. And, and even my hungs are pressuring me. My friends are like, well, you can't do anything. And so I found out, I found out that he's like hanging out at this, uh, this beach park. And it's like, there's like about like 15, 20 other kids there of his mm-hmm. friends. Um, at this point, here's the thing. I'm 20. Yeah. And he's 15, you know, and I'm like, I got to do something. I got to do something. Because look, look, 20, I'm still a young kid. I'm still feeling pressured that I got to be this man of a oppa or young. Well, of course, because all your friends are talking in your ear saying you have to do this hyper machismo older brother thing and come in and fuck somebody up to basically piss all over his territory, you know. (laughs) And I mean, it's hard, too, especially when you're 20 and all your friends are saying this shit. It makes you feel like you have to do this stuff. Yeah. It's like when it's like when we're younger, somebody goes, you're like, I don't want to do that shit. They go, what? I dare you. Oh, you dare me? (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. But at the same time, I had to do something. Yeah. You know, I called you a bitch. I had to do something. So. I I found him at the park 
and then he's like I'm not gonna say he's rolling deep. He's he's with another youth group, actually. You yeah, know? <laughs> they're all singing praises next yeah. to the fire. <laughs> they're, Jesus, they're having like a, a men's outing, and here's and and like a youth group outing. Uh, and I'm like, hey, I, I catch him, and he's like, oh shit, like because mm-hmm. I found out where he was. Mm-hmm. I'm like, come here, I want to talk to you, you know. Um, but I, as I'm talking to him, I start. You know how it is. Like I started adding a look, man. You said this, and you said this, and you said this, and then as I'm laying it, I'm getting You're angry, angry and I'm right? shaking. <laughs> and before I know it, I grab this fucking face and I shoved into the ground. Yeah, right. And my friends were there, so they held me, and I wanted to rip them apart. And I'm yeah. like, like I should fucking kill you. Yeah, you know. And um, then all of his friends come up, and I. <laughs> <laughs> with like marshmallows on their stick. Like, yeah. <laughs> hold on, we're going to make s'mores. Yeah. What are you doing? <laughs> and it became this big thing where um, pretty much it came to this because my friends were there with me. They were like, look, man, you did his younger sister dirty. Like, this is our younger sister too. You know, with all my friends, they all looked after my sister too growing up. So they were pissed. That's what did he exactly do? why. It's just being a fucking bitch. Mm. That's all I'm going to say. And I <laughs> said, Either we're gonna let Ed kick your ass, or you're gonna kiss his her foot. Oh damn! <laughs> yeah, and we humiliated him. We he opted to kiss her foot. That's fucking nuts. And we made him get down on his knees and kiss her feet. And I came back to church, and my pastor was waiting for me. Yeah, right. And he goes, "Ed, what you do?" And I was like. I didn't beat him up. And he gave me a big fat hug. He goes, I'm so proud of you, man. <laughs> yeah. You know, me and your dad, we would have we would have messed him up, man. Yeah. We would have messed him up. And he goes, yeah. I'm proud of you. <laughs> He's like, yeah, but you know, <laughs> but, I, I shoved his face and I made him kiss her yeah, feet. And he goes, and that's, that's the work of the Lord. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that's how it ended. But tell you what, like, it didn't end for me there. Yeah. As those guys got older... And and they were coming. They got they turned twenty one. Yeah, and they're showing up at Tiggs in Seattle. Oh my god! Shit, they, they still held that they in. Held that in. And here's the thing, though. Yo, Tiggs, by the way, was this uh, <laughs> Korean bar that whenever I went to Seattle, and you know, Ed was there too. That we would just go drink there all the time. It's like a bunch of Korean people oh, in man. there, just it's free like flowing drinks. Only spot. <laughs> yeah, she was tight. Tiggs was dope. Yeah, I loved it. But um, yeah, uh. Over time, like, I held, like, when I went back to church, a lot of people gave me shit. Yeah. They were like, you shouldn't have done that. You know, the actual Christians. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Not to take that away from pastor. Yeah. But um, but at the same time, one dude, I was like, they're giving me shit. I'm like, you have younger sister, man. Wouldn't you do something for her? Mm-hmm. And he goes, no. No, she is. And I was like, you're a fucking bitch. Yeah. <laughs> Like, dude, you wouldn't stand for your sister. And and so there was this weird balance of, like, I was constantly, like, did I do something right or wrong? Like, <laughs> I couldn't tell. Wait, is this Christ-like? Is yeah. this brother-like? Where do I find this? Where do I draw this line? And then I'm, like, making excuses. At least I didn't fuck him up, though, yeah. you know? But I made him, like... So at one point, I, I got into too much quarrels because some guy who knew who I, what I did to him would... Start some shit. They're still angry about it? Yeah, five years later. So what started happening for me, though, was 
when I'd see those kids, I'd bring them a shot and be like, hey man, I remember you were you were there, you know what I did and whatever. I just want to say, you know, yeah. I hope you don't feel it. And, and then they'd be, they, they give me a like mean mug as I, as I come up to them, but then they go, nah, all right, you know, yeah. let's go. <laughs> like, I feel like, like I should be mad at you, but thanks. And they were like, you know what, if I was him, I probably deserve to get my ass kicked or whatever. And like, well, they knew he was yeah. wrong, you know? I mean, we were both wrong yeah. too, you know, but honestly where it's, it really started taking me where, um, because it was regularly occurring, because those kid wi- kids witnessed what I did, you know, and they were really fucking angry at me. Yeah. You know, but I'm supposed to be this church guy. Yeah. You know, this church leader. And I had put a stain on myself pretty much. Yeah. And yeah, so uh, one guy, it got really close to blows and shit. Because he was coming in honor of him and whatever. Honor of him. Like, yeah. it's, here's the thing, too. Like, Korean dudes out there, or just men in general, put your fucking ego aside, man. <laughs> you have any idea how how stupid that concept is? As like, I got to protect my homie's honor from fucking whatever four years ago. Who the fuck cares? Nobody cares. Yeah. You know? <laughs> so, but at, 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 as it was going on, it really, really drove me into this crazy existential christ like am i really a christian yeah <laughs> like, well, christ i did something really fucked up you know yeah and um that drove me into really 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 digging into the, the bible and yeah. the theology and reading all these different books on doctrines and different ideas and whatever to the point where i literally sold my things because i was reading what does jesus want me to do sell your possessions right <laughs> So oh, you went sold, to the deep end. I went to the deep end, you know, because of like the, like, you know, it's a, it's a story of like uh, youth and growing up or whatever. But then I was really like, what the fuck did I do? You know, am I a Christian or am I not? What is Christianity? So I started digging deep, deep, deep into the word where I sold all my stuff. And I ended up <laughs> living in an Iraq for two months. You were in Iraq for two months? Yeah. What the fuck were you doing there? Just living there with... Like missionary with work? Yeah. Well, well, like... Okay. What is What does missionary work look like to you? Like, in youth group, we go to Mexico for a week, and we come back. <laughs> yeah, that's that was my missionary yeah, work. Yeah, like... And Compared like, to just, some other people, like, yeah. I know a couple of my friends who really did hardcore missionary work throughout uh, when they were in university or college, mm-hmm. and they would be, like, in Mongolia for a month. They would be in... Um, I heard Japan was like the last place you're yeah. allowed to go. Yeah. <laughs> I, I don't know why, but that was like the, that's like, hold on, you got to go, you got to go to Guatemala first before yeah. you go to Japan. <laughs> I'm like, really? I guess because from what was explained to me was that they're hardcore either atheist mm-hmm. or they're super like Shinto. So it's, yeah. it's, it's like one of those places that you don't go first. Not only that, Japanese uh, view on Christianity is little, literally like a mental disorder. Oh, really? Yes. They look at Christians as like a mental disorder. Oh, wow. <laughs> That's why. Like, so I'm it's Christian, like, you need to like, train oh, for years before yeah. you go there, right? So yeah, I um, started digging in doctrine and... Wait, what the fuck was Iraq like? Uh, how, were you there for two months? What the... Yeah. <laughs> what the fuck was that like? It was awesome, dude. Really? It <laughs> was fucking awesome. I love... I was there in 2009. Mm-hmm. And the thing is like, 
because every summer in youth group, I'd go to Mexico or somewhere. And what are you doing? You're singing songs and doing like body worship. <laughs> yeah. like, and and like you, you just think about it. if some people just showed up to you and started singing these songs and dancing, you're like, the fuck is wrong with you? What's wrong with you? What are you yeah. doing? You know? <laughs> And especially Do you if they know start Christ? Like, he starts pop locking yeah. and shit. Bah, Jesus Christ! <laughs> <laughs> Jesus <laughs> Christ! I love you, God! We love you! <laughs> but, but yeah, like, um, I, I pretty much became a monk. Where I was like, this God is real or he's not. Yeah. You know, and I'm, and I got to figure this out if he's really real. And I was doubling down on my faith. Hard like time constantly. to go to Iraq. Yeah. And, it was pretty much this voice in my head, which is like just telling me to just go to Iraq, go to Iraq, go to Iraq, go to Iraq. So I figured out which way to do it. I joined this organization called YWAM. Oh, Youth you were part mission. of YWAM, dude? YWAM's a huge, huge organization. And I got stories about YWAM too. They got problems. <laughs> <laughs> but um, I, I, I went with them uh I didn't want to do, you know what DTS is, Discipleship Training yeah, School. Yeah, 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 yeah. It's the three-month program. I did that, um, dug even deeper into the word in theology. And for the next, and then after that, I was in Iraq for two months where I chilled. There was no program. There was no songs to sing, dances to do. Yeah. I lived my life. I went out there to the bazaar every day and just stood around. And people, <laughs> Jackie Chan, Jackie, Jackie Chan, <laughs> like every day. Yo, this actually is real. They've would... never seen an Asian person before in so, their life. So if you watched the, the that uh, David Chang show, yeah, uh, where he travels around, he was with Chrissy Teigen when he was in Morocco, mm -hmm. and he said when he was walking around, you could hear people call him Jackie Chan as he's walking around, yeah. which. Which, you know, people are like, that's racist. But at the same time, I'm like, damn, Jackie Chan's a big star. Huh? A that's what I learned in Iraq. <laughs> yeah. What I learned in Iraq and understood more than anything is that Jackie Chan and Arnold Schwarzenegger are the most famous people in the world. It's like a new movie came out here, Rush yeah. Hour. <laughs> it's like, bro. Exactly. So um, that was one of my like cards of like getting to make relationships with people, right? Because I'm not out there with a pamphlet like, do you know Jesus? They might, you know, something might happen to me. <laughs> you know, it's an entire, theol like, it's a theocracy. They're run by, like, Muslim law. Yeah. You know? So I have to be there and make friends. And wow. so every day I'd go out to the bazaar and just chill. You know, go to the arcade, just chill. Somebody. Somebody like, oh, like, do you speak English? And because like they're learning English and they want to, they want to interact, with interact, somebody. like practice. Come over to my house for dinner. So I'd go to the house. They bring their entire fucking. I mean, there'd be like really? thirty people in a giant living room, and there's a giant carpet on the floor, and we just feast. That's you know? awesome, awesome. And we, I stay with him for hours, just talking. And then one, the one guy that speaks English would translate, and then we. Here's the thing: they want to talk about Jesus. You know? Wow, they're they so curious. Shit, they're curious. Yeah, you know, and you know what? I wasn't out there with my missionary suit, yeah, in my badge, and uh, you know, yeah. I was just living my life, and I was out there teaching soccer with the kids. You know, I was like, you know, to play soccer. You know, I I was just living my life and hanging out, and somebody would want to bring me over to dinner, and isn't that crazy they, though? They know they're like they'd be like. <clears throat> You're Christian, right? So tell me about Jesus. I'm like, yeah. what, what? How do you know? He's like, 
why else are you here? Yeah. Like, they're not stupid. Yeah. <laughs> you know, you don't have to trick them with some yeah. bullshit, you know? You know what's so interesting? And I, I think I love these type of experiences too, because this goes back to that thought of what we're fed through media without actually being as a human being going out there and experiencing it for yourself. Yeah. So we have a thought of what people are, how they behave. And, you know, when even now, because of 9-11 yeah. and everything that came out after that, mm -hmm. I know better as a person because I've traveled the world now. But when I hear Iraq, there's this weird feeling that I have in my stomach, right? right? Because of the, the oil wars, because of all this all other that. stuff, right? But you don't hear about these human beings who are out there. When you sit there, they look at you, you go, I want to know more about you. Please come into my home and share this meal. You don't have that here in the States. No. And so yet yeah, we have a perspective, these people, as if they're fucking savages. They don't know any better. But it's like, hold on. I don't remember once in my life being in the United States where somebody looked at me and said, hey, I want to know more about you. Please come over and have, share yeah. a meal with me. <laughs> I have never had that experience dude, here. Hospitality is their game, dude. They're so good at it. Yeah. They're so good at it. And they're like, yeah, just come over. <laughs> I'll call all my family. <laughs> yeah, go ahead. But you know what's weird, though? Here's what's weird. Uh, it's their etiquette to give you as much. Make sure your teacup is full. Make sure your cup is to the brim. Every time you take, make sure it's full. Wow. But it is totally against their culture for guests to use a home bathroom. <laughs> really? So I would go to these dinners and I have to hold my pee so hard because it's like, it's so bad to use their... <laughs> That'd be, that'd, that'd be so funny if that's just not even true. They're just fucking with you. I'm just, but that was at please. every house I went to. They're like, this. please drink more, but yeah. you can't use our bathroom. It's like they put every effort into making sure my teacup was full. And they're like, why aren't you drinking your tea? You don't like tea? <laughs> you know? It's like, I like tea. I just have to pee really bad. And then when I'm like, oh, look, I have to use the bathroom. Mm -hmm. Then they look at me like, Mm. Yeah, <laughs> it's like this is the weirdest culture uh, that's like, so clash ever. <laughs> wow! Yeah. And at the same, like I was meeting people out there that it was just like two months. You meet a lot of people, but one of the people that stood out, like there, there's actually a Christian village. I was in this city called Ar Arbil, which mm -hmm. is technically Kurdistan. It's all Kurds, not Arabic, mm -hmm. you know, and um. We were visiting this Christian church because we're in a Christian village and surrounding it is this giant, giant temple like I've mm. never seen before. And it's called the Temple of Jonah because Erbil like um, and like Mosul, that area is actually Nineveh, <laughs> ancient oh, Nineveh. Wow. Yeah, that's where Jonah went. So there's this massive temple dedicated towards him for Jonah and to God, the theist, not a Muslim temple, not exactly Jewish, not even Christian, but it's honoring AKA God, Allah or whatever. Mm -hmm. And I'm hanging out there and I'm looking for some Diet Coke because I'm craving it. And the, but the wild thing is in the Christian village, they can you can sell alcohol there because Christians can drink. Yeah. So the Muslim guys come in and buy alcohol and they That's drive so out. Funny. Yeah. Um, so, I'm hanging out there and I'm chatting um, with uh, some of the guys I went with in the same program. And then I hear this voice like, hey, you guys speak English? I'm like, turn around, like, what the? Yeah. But it's a Kurdish guy, you know? And I'm like, whoa, whoa, you speak English too, right? He starts dropping N-bombs and stuff. <laughs> What's up? <laughs> no, not actually. His, so his English was, was pretty good because he was a special, Iraqi special forces, oh. he told us. Yeah. And he works with the Marines and American Special Forces too. 
um, because he can combat and translate. That's you know? awesome. And and he was like, "What are you guys doing here? Just hanging out, right?" And he goes, yeah. "You guys want a beer? You guys want to hang out?" I was like, "Beer? We're gonna get a beer." He goes, "Follow me. I'll show you." And uh, it's um, a little sketchy. Look, there's there's not a whole lot of street lights in Iraq. Yeah, <laughs> it's already dark. And you can't see anything. But at the time, in the mindset I was in, I'm already in Iraq. So what's the worst? That what's could the worst? I just kept saying yes and yes to everything while I was yeah. there. So I said, "Yep, let's go." Oh my god, Ed! <laughs> so we're going through oh these god. pitch black alleys in like the middle of Erbil, and I don't even know where I am. I don't know where I'm going. I'm just following him anyway. And then we get to this door, and then they speak speak some Kurdish, and then I go upstairs, and it's a bar, and everyone in there is Chinese. What the what? Fuck? I'm like what? What's going? And I was like, no, did you? I was like, hey, I'm not Chinese. Like, oh, that's why I brought you. I thought you, you could, you, you know them or something. That's fucking <laughs> funny, like, dude. I'm like, wait, there's a Chinese bar in the middle of Iraq. <laughs> you see, in the middle yo, of Iraq, you come in there like, welcome. Yeah, yo, Chinese entrepreneurship is like, no, no. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, you know what? We could open up a bar. Yeah, Iraq, Iraq, motherfucker. <laughs> I don't care, dude. It was the wild. It was one of the wildest experiences of my life. I'm sitting here in a Chinese bar in the middle of Iraq with this Iraqi special forces dude. That's fucking. And nice. I'm chopping it up, having beers with him, you know. And that's the thing, though. He just wanted to talk to somebody, you know, it's anybody. Like, yeah. Like, because in his culture, he can't talk about the things he does, you know, or mm. knows or whatever, and. He doesn't know me. He starts unloading. He starts telling me some crazy shit. Like what? <laughs> like um, just how many people he kills. Oh <laughs> and, my and god! Shit like that, and because he's with the U.S. military, about how they really mow fuckers down. And he told me like there was some espionage in, in, in the barracks. Oh yeah, and some files they found were copied. Just they found out something was copied, you know, and you know how a lot of Southeast Asian women go to the Middle East to to like do like maid work or like butlers or whatever. Yeah, they found out it was like some Filipino girl working espionage, and then what he told the me that they fucked her and killed her. <gasps> it's like he said, like fifty guys. He was talking. He was saying this like so nonchalantly, and I'm like, just sipping on my beer. Like, wait, this is like the Iraqi military. Yeah, <laughs> this dude, you know, because uh, oh, they found out she was a spy. Sh- yeah, she was a spy. They they didn't like put her through some. No, they 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 threw her away. You know, and he was telling me a lot of fucked up stories like this, and <laughs> you know, uh. Pretty much as the Christian missionary I am or whatever, he was telling me like he sees all the people he's kills every night. Every time he goes closes his eyes, he sees everyone he's killed. And that's why he's an alcoholic. That's why he drinks every night. He black he goes. Because it haunts him. It haunts him. He blacks out every night. So you know, that's why he drinks. And <laughs> so he has this tattoo. It says Christina on his arm. I'm like why does it say Christine on your arm? He's like, it's my girlfriend from Ohio. <laughs> I'm like, what? He's like, yeah, she, she was this Marine girl and she was stationed in Iraq. And they hooked up and they're in love, I guess. And then she went back home. 
And then he said, there's, he's like, there's a lot of Mexicans in the Marines so they can get their citizenship. And they all do tattoos. They do it really good. <laughs> he started showing me all his tattoos. He's like, all I always find girls. Yeah. He, no, he just goes to Mexicans. Like, can you do tattoo? And like, just try to get it done. Cause he's, Cause he's, he's not Iraqi. He's yeah. not supposed to have tattoos. So, but also he's Kurdish. Kurdish, not all ethnically Kurdish people aren't Muslim, mm. right? They're called the sons of David. When the Jews were in exile, you know, out of uh, Israel and they were taken to Babylon, you know, the, like those are them, the people mm. who were left over over the years. So they still consider the, some, themselves the sons of David. Yeah. Fucking wild. Yeah. So which is why God sent Jonah to Nineveh. It's like my people are still there, you know? <laughs> yeah. Anyway, like there's a whole lot of reasons why, like theologically, why I went there too, and how much what it means to me. Um, this guy's a nutbag. Yeah, and it got to a point where I was just like, so, uh, you know, like, do you just you just keep drinking and drinking or whatever? Like, like he's just like, well, how do you? What do you do? You're a Christian, right? You know, he's like, do you have a Bible? I'm like, yeah. He goes, I've never seen a Bible in my life. And when he was holding it, he was just like, <laughs> like it's the most delicate oh my God, thing. Yeah. yeah. He's like, never seen the Bible before. And he was like, you, know, you can have it. And he goes, really? Me? I, I can't. I'm too evil. I've done too many bad things. This is the way they think about religion, you know, like, especially of their unworthiness. This is why, like, we grow up as Christians because we know we ain't shit sometimes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know? And I'm, and this is where I started doing the evangelist. Like I I know you did some shit, but this is your personal thing. Like you keep this Bible. And he's like, "Thank you, thank you. I'm gonna keep this." And he got up and left. I was like, "Where are you going?" He's like, "Exactly. I'm in this now bar." I'm like, yeah. "What the fuck?" He's like, "Hey, hey, 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 wait, 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 wait." Now I'm stranded. <laughs> oh my god, dude! In the middle of Iraq. Thank you. Dark alleys in this Chinese bar. Like, hey, I don't know these people. <laughs> yeah. He's like, you can go back to your family now. It's like, I these are my family, yeah. dude. But you know, but here's the thing about Iraq. I go out into the street and I look for a main street and cars are passing by. All I gotta do is wave my hand. Somebody stops and I'm like, hey, can you take me towards uh the or or Bill, the the bazaar this or whatever? I name I know where I'm going from there. They'll pick me up and go. Anybody. Wow. Anybody. What is that about in that culture? They just, it's about helping people? Or? It's about, yeah. And you know what? You, you It's not like a fair, but mm -hmm. people just, you know, give, give fiver or yeah. whatever, give money. You know? And most of the time when I give money, like, no, no, no. Like, I just, you know, I, they just wanted to pick me up. Yeah. Everybody, the, the, the thing is like, they want to experience too. They like experience and doing new things. They're not like backwards ass crazy people. Not only that, they fucking hate terrorists too. Okay. <laughs> yeah, yeah. They hate terrorists. The most of the time that I I was there, I was hanging out with this guy who was a translator as well for the Marines. In one week, his sister was killed in an in a black IED a terrorist yeah. attack. The following week, his fiance was killed. Fuck. In an attack. So he said he started studying English. So he can go be a translator, so he can watch them kill terrorists, so he can kill terrorists legally. Wow. These people hate terrorists too. Yeah. They're not all, like, if you're a fucking goddamn motherfucking idiot, if you want to call all of them terrorists, you're a fucking idiot. I swear to God. Well, that's, this is the you hard know? part. And I, ah, man, I was just talking about this with my buddy, Tony, who, uh, he, 
we were talking about how there was like certain Korean kids in our college that hated Japanese people, like these <laughs> third, fourth generation Japanese kids, right? Yeah. And you know, you know what that feels like because yeah. you were like that too, you know, until you went to Japan. Yeah. And the hard thing is, like, sometimes I would have converse, and they would ask me, like, "Well, they're your people too. You were born in Korea." I was like, "Listen." These are third, fourth generation Japanese kids. They don't know what's going on. And on top of that, to go even deeper than that, there are people in Japan who didn't know what was yeah. going on. This is Imperial Japan. This is what the leadership was doing. They weren't sitting there rooting for the death of these people. Yeah. They were literally living their life and they didn't know what was going on. Yeah, they didn't vote for annexation. <laughs> they didn't vote to like colonize Korea. They didn't do that shit. Yeah, you know? and you know, culturally speaking for them, they have they they do their job, they live their lives, and they don't question a lot of things. Yeah. So they're just going about. It wasn't like they were sitting. I think because they're they're comparing Japanese culture to American culture, right? <laughs> Where we see something go bad, and American people are rising up, like you can't do that type of shit. It's not like that in Japan. Yeah, they trust the government, they trust the system, and they just yeah. go about their lives and they they do what they do best. There's a harmony and order. So Japanese religion now is harmony. <laughs> it's yeah. being Japanese. You do what you're supposed to do, and you do you it know? really well. Yeah. You have a social job to, mm -hmm. you know, to fulfill. Like, and that's what's something I definitely appreciate about their yeah. culture as well. But I came back, you know, after two weeks in Iraq, not two weeks, two months, and there's a definite like this world doesn't make any sense still kind of thing, you know, because. I still find it funny that guy just left you at that bar. He just takes your Bible. He goes, this is what I need. Enjoy your night. Hey. No, but with YWAM, it's the same thing. You're like, hey, you did your thing. You know, Jeff, you know, in Iraq. All right, go back home now. And now, like, your entire world has changed and whatever. Um, but I started clashing a lot with my church from there. Because really? at this point, like, I, I did it. I sold my shit. Yeah. I left my job. I followed Jesus to the ends of the earth, you know. The source, you went to the source. Yeah, like, you were Babylon, man. But I was taking it like, wait, why am I doing all this? Why isn't anyone else doing this? <laughs> you mm. know, because when you read it, I'm reading. I don't know if you're reading the same Bible as me, but he's telling us to sell everything. He's telling us to leave yeah. our jobs, and I can tell. Looking back, I was getting pretty annoying. <laughs> <laughs> where I was the Bible thumper fundamentalist where I where I was constantly challenging people when they didn't need to be you know so but I you, know my role yeah. in, in coming back and the way I handled things where eventually it led me to leave church you end. know what the interesting thing is though like I have a very weird relationship with that because a part of me is like you know the, the Bible thumper that kind of gets on you about specific shit a part of me hates them, but a part of me respects them. <laughs> and the reason why is because they're about their shit. Yeah. You know, uh, like for me too, I have, I, I say I have somewhat of a lackadaisical faith in Christianity, right? Meaning that I am probably the Christian that kind of does things in a way that uh, molds to my life rather than me molding my life to to what Christ wants, right? right. And that's this is a struggle that anybody with religion will always have. But the great thing about quote unquote Bible thumpers, though, I do believe that they should soften up a little bit. <laughs> At least they're about their shit, Right. That's that's why I see people who uh, believe in the Muslim religion, right? I see these people, they wake up, they fast, they pray to God every time, every morning before the sunrise. This, when I see that type of dedication, at least you're not bullshitting anybody and you're not bullshitting yourself. Yeah. You, you know what you're about, you know? And I, I think 
that's the the struggle that a lot of people have when it comes to any type of faith or religion is the part of letting go of yourself for this greater cause the that's what people feel freedom in right but sometimes for us it's like damn it's hard for me i'm like i could say i'm christian as, as much as i want right but when if i'm a definitively like biblically speaking am i the best christian absolutely not you know but at the same time i'm gonna say theologically yeah no, you're fine. You're good. Mm. The The idea of good and bad Christian um, doesn't make sense to me. You just are because theologically nothing can separate you from love no matter what you do. Yeah. No matter how f- the most fucked up things you could say or do or anything, which is why I gave the absolute worst example of this murdering rapist. Yeah. <laughs> 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 Look, David, you are not a murdering rapist, okay? Yeah. yeah. Right? Theologically, uh, God can do what he wants with that guy, you yeah. know? And for you, same deal. Um, I think people get caught up because they can't tell the difference between piety and holiness. Mm. You know? Piety is self-righteousness where you and your works gives you a reputation as to why you need to be listened to. Yeah. Where holiness is, holiness is attributed to godliness, right? What does that mean? It just means set apart, right? Yeah. Like Michael Jordan is holy. Why? Because he's set apart amongst all the alphas and the tops of the best. He's above the alphas. He's above the best. Yeah. That's called, that's holy, Mm. you know, because you set yourself apart from that. And I feel like I was trying my best to be holy and people, how they accepted it or interpreted it, maybe it's me too, was piety. Hmm. And I became a social outcast, I think, where I got taken out of being a youth leader. I got taken out of being a praise team leader. I got taken out of college ministry. And I was just a congregation member now, you know? Like forcibly or you made that choice? It was more or less the leadership making these decisions. And I'm like, because they felt, okay. what, what, what did they feel? Like you were what? I clashed with them a lot because ah, of this this theology. Got you. Because I'd constantly challenge them because they're the pastors. Mm-hmm. At least I can talk to them about the Bible and just be like, yo, why are you say this in your sermon when the Bible says that? <laughs> yeah, yeah. I was that guy too. But at the same time, like I, you know, if you want to talk about Bible shit, like you're not going to, I'm not going to talk about it with my friends. <laughs> they don't want to talk about that. Well, that's, that's, that's problem in leadership as well, because they're looking for absolute authority versus, versus challenging themselves. Right? right. So when you have somebody and this is this, and this can go all the way back to just parenting styles too. Right. Cause there'll be a time too, when your kids will challenge you and ask you about questions. And, uh, I have to be, if I, if I become a father, I have to be well equipped to actually have these conversations with them. Um, and what happens to like a lot of leadership specifically, I'm not sure if this is like in all churches, right. But I, I'd see a lot of Korean people like that in, in these leadership positions where somebody would ask questions and they look at that as defiance yes. rather than curiosity, yeah. rather than having an open discussion because religion should be discussed. And I, when, you know, when I was a youth leader too, one of the things that I always told the kids to do, they go, well, what if this happens? I was like, listen, you're going to be challenged in your faith 24-7. If you want to be Christian and you're about it, you got to go ahead and face these challenges head to head because you'll be these these thoughts don't go away. You'll either push it down and then something's going to come up where you're faced with that question again and then you'll try to push it down again. And it actually makes your faith weaker mm-hmm. because you're not because if you take that challenge 
and then you start to understand the concept better, it actually strengthens your faith. Not just in with religion, anything else, right? right? When we talk about politics, when we talk about friendships, we talk about personal relationships, you you choose to ignore these things, especially in a leadership role, you, you start to fuck yourselves up and you actually fuck up that relationship with the person that you have. When you own a business, employees will question your methodology, right? When I no. had that softer spot, one of the things that I always told them was like, look, you work at this store more than I do, right? If you see something wrong with the system that we have implemented, speak up. I may shoot you down. I may disagree with you, mm. but I need to know that you're thinking something because I might not be able to see it. Mm. You're not questioning my authority. You're you're actually uh, causing me to think about solutions and problems. Right. You know? So it came to a point where, you know, when you're like 13 uh, in Presbyterian churches, uh, you get confirmed, right? Yeah. If you weren't baptized when you were um, a baby a kid, or yeah. whatever, right? And but you have to take a, a class on the gospel, and you got to know if like a theological sense if whether you're saved or not. And one year, the entire class failed because of this new pastor, you know. And he has he has an Armenian based theology when Presbyterian is very Calvinist. Uh, you don't need to know what they mean; they're just two separate. And that's the kind of stuff I kept challenging these pastors with. So here's the thing. I'm going to I'm going to drop this story now because I told them if they don't go and apologize and repent for what they did that I was going to tell this story publicly. Yeah. And I've given them their chance. It's been a year. You can I'm shaking because it's some real shit. Yeah. Um I'm not doing anything at church anymore. I'm just some congregation kid now. Yeah. And do you know what JAMA is? Mm-mm. JAMA is a really, really big organization, like a big conference. Um, I think it's out of OC, Jesus Awakening Movement for America. Okay. Right? And they do these huge, huge conferences where like thousands of <laughs> Korean Christians show up. Yeah. But then they'll have like David Crowder band and like John Piper. Speak, oh, the homeless you know? man. Like, yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Yo, when I first saw David Crowder, as a side note, when I first saw David Crowder come on stage, I never knew what he looked like. <laughs> they had a David Crowder. It was at like a Six Flags and they had a David Crowder concert there. Wow. Came through and I was like, who the fuck is that homeless guy up there? <laughs> Get him off the fucking stage. Ooh, <laughs> yeah. And I was like, they're like, David, that's David Crowder. Yeah. I'm like, that's not David Crowder. That guy is a crackhead. <laughs> I was like, Yo, this oh is my nuts. gosh! But um, yeah, I like I've been to those JAMA conferences before. They go in every city across America where there's Koreans. Yeah. <laughs> um, so L.A., Philly, New York, Virginia, I guess Atlanta, mm-hmm. um, Chicago. But finally, for the first time ever, they were coming to Washington, and um, uh, so they were gonna have a huge JAMA conference in Washington. But not only they're gonna have it in Tacoma, you know. Not Seattle or anything, Tacoma, you know, the the second city of the state. And I guess all the church leaders around the Puget Sound got together and they met with the JAMA leaders like, uh, we need help sending this up, getting the sound, the band, all the logistics. And then they were like, uh, we need someone to do a video, like a commercial. Who's going to do it? And all the pastors apparently in the meeting were like, Ed, Ed should do it. You know, that's the context I got because that's so these three pastors, English ministry pastors at my church came to me. They're like, Ed, 
Jama wants you to do this video for them. Yeah. You know? And I'm like, cool. I'll do it for a thousand bucks. Yeah. And they're like, what? Wait, what? why can't you do it for free? I'm like, why would I do it for free? Yeah. <laughs> and I'm like, and they're like, uh, okay. So like, but the next subsequent day, like days and weeks, they'd be like, Ed, um, why can't you do this? Why can't you do this video? And I'm like, well, if I make the video I want to make, it's going to take a week and that's going to cost about a thousand bucks. And that's pretty fair. And then they started like scolding me and like, Wait, for what? Rebuking me. Like, because I won't do it for free. Why won't you do this for the kingdom? Wait, hold on a second. Why can't you do this for God? You know, people have to make a fucking living, right? Right. I'm like, you go speak at other churches every now and then. They pay you. They pay you. The hypocrisy in that is so yeah. fucking unreal. Like that makes my blood boil, dude. Like I, I know what you when you when you when you mention this stuff. Not, I mean, not to cut you off, but it's like, I hate it when people use God and a religion to get favoritism out of other people to get what right? they want. What they want. It's not that it's not necessary. It's not that they don't have the means to do it. Right? They go well. You want to get in good with God, right? I was like, well, I didn't know God was fucking like Santa Claus. Yeah. I didn't know I had to check off my nice list to have this better relationship with God. You know, like, what are you talking about? I'm like, dude, I believe God told me to go to Iraq, you know, yeah. <laughs> to a terrible place. What I thought was a terrible place, at least. Yeah. You know, it's like, I think you're trying to get something out of me. You know, it's like, I don't think God always wants you to do, you know, get the stuff you want. Sometimes he wants you to do things you're scared to do. Yeah. You know, and, and you know, this, this is what happened too. I bet you they're just like, well, it's like, if you, even if you said this reason, if you said to him like, well, I have bills to pay. He's like, God will provide. He's like, yeah. <laughs> No kidding. It's like you know, you know, God will provide that for you if you do this for Him. No, talk kidding. about some cultish language. So that's not how it works, guy. Yeah, and about the weeks leading up to this big event, they kept coming up to me. They're like, and at one point, even one of them was like, he was playing basketball, and he stopped playing. One of the pastors, and he put the ball aside. He goes, "Ed, come here, you know what?" Took me to this empty room, and he started just putting it down on me but first of all the fact that he thinks that he could talk to you like that is deplorable <laughs> you know like, just yeah. first of all that's anti-christ-like as fuck by the way i'm like 24 25 years old yeah this point, you know yeah. i'm not some fucking kid yeah you know i like to consider myself a professional in video at that point too yeah and he's just like don't you know that god would bless you if you do this for free and i can't tell you every single almost Nine out of every 10 pastors I've met have tried to get me to do a video for them. And they've used that line. Like they're all some kind of fucking prophet. But I, I haven't seen any one of those fucking blessings. I'll just say that right now. Yeah. <laughs> but um, it's just not how it works. Like yeah. they know this. But the fact that they, they could think that they could use that as some type of leverage. Like, hey, you know, I'm the key to heaven. Right. You know that, right? So yeah. if you do me a favor, yo, I can guarantee you're getting into heaven. It's essentially what they're saying, which is literally the most ridiculous and disgusting abuse of power yeah. that these type of leaders use, right? It's like, and they're doing that because they're going to take this piece of information like, hey, Ed didn't do this video work. I did because <laughs> I got Ed to do this. And yeah. he's going to show their higher ups like, hey, did you see this awesome video that happened? Yeah, yeah I got it because I got Ed to do it for free. Because they're going to go to their next church that they think you get hired at and they're going to have to put that on their resume, right? It's just the dumbest thing on earth. That shit's so deplorable, dude. But it doesn't end there because I end up, 
I ended up uh, going to JAMA, you know, just to show up, you know. Yeah, for and the experience. I see my friends, they're the worship team, and they're they're doing it three nights in a row. I see my friend, he his whole company, they provided the sound system, cost tens of thousands of dollars. You know, I see speakers who flew in from Virginia, New York, a friend of mine from Hawaii who they flew in to speak, you know. And then on, I just was just like, even feeling it myself, I was like, all these people got paid. This thing cost tens of thousands of dollars to put together, but I wasn't worth a thousand bucks. Yeah. And right there at the, at this event, I was like, peace, I'm out of here. I'm going, I'm leaving church. And I found that pastor and I sat him down and I was like, you and I have never had a Bible study together. I've never heard your sermons. You've never prayed for me. You've never had a meal. I've never been to your house. You've never been to my house. And you tell me that I have a pride problem. You, you know, know, and I, I went on. Yeah, you don't know me. You don't fucking know me. And I was like, I'm I I'm leaving. I told him, I'm out of here. I'm leaving this church. My family grew up in this church for fucking 30, 40 years. I'm yeah. leaving this church. And I left. You know? And after that, like world started opening up um I there's a huge church in seattle called mars hill church they hit me up and came and wanted to talk to me and they wanted to pay me 50k a year to show up on the weekends to do video for them because that's what you're worth yeah and it's i was like work. what yeah. I, I couldn't comprehend it. what you want to what it's like yeah that you're a professional and it blew my mind because I was was treated like shit by the Korean churches and Korean ministries. I'm like, what? A thousand dollars. Yeah. That's all I asked for, you know? To cover the cost. To cover the cost of a week's worth of worth. And which, by the way, I wasn't sleeping if I was doing that kind of yeah. work. By the way, they got some guy in LA to do the video. The theme of the event was called I Heart Tacoma. The video was like Space Needle, Seattle. Yeah. Seattle Skyline. <laughs> shit. So like... You know, it was just, this is all horseshit to me now. Like, you guys still want to play your games like that so that you can get ahead in life in some which way or I don't know. Yeah. Peace. I bounced. And I actually even turned down that 50K job because that's not what I was looking for either. In my life at that time, I was definitely looking for mentorship and discipleship, which they were offering. But if it comes at a price, it does it like it comes with a lot of weight. Yeah. And this other pastor in Seattle, I just, I went to check it out and I sat down with him and I told him about why I left my church in Tacoma. And then he goes, Ed, you need to know this because it's your business, right? You need to know because this is about you. I hope I'm not here like just, I'm not here just gossiping about these people. This is what happened. Mm -hmm. And he says, I was at those meetings. We all said, Ed, Ed loves Jesus and he needs to do these videos. You know, he'll do it. All these pastors from other churches were hyping my name. Yeah. And so the, they went to my pastors at my church and were like, can you please ask Ed to the video? We have $1,000 to pay him. <laughs> so, but when wow. they came to me, they said, there's no money. Can you do it for free? And I said, I want $1,000. And they were like, oh, like, no, it, no, you know, why can't you do it for what free? And they were fighting. They were fucking pocketing it. I, so this is where it goes for weeks. 
they kept fighting with me to do the video. You know, not only that, then they lowered it to eight hundred dollars. Oh my god! They said, "Okay, Jama's willing to give you eight hundred dollars to do this video." <clears throat> this is t- this is like the worst thing I've ever. This is why life. I was shaking before I told yeah. this story. So, I'm why like, did they lie to you? I don't fucking know, and I can't figure it out. And it's been ruining my life and my faith for the last decade. It's it's which is why I I'm not a Christian anymore to this yeah. day because of this shit. You know, because I have no answers and I don't understand why. Because last year I called, called him out. And I told him to go tell the pastor what they did. Yeah. So. so what would they say when you asked them? They were like, no. I don't know. It's up to them. Yeah. But but I, I he told me like, there was $1,000 for you, this pastor. He's like, we had $1,000 set aside for you. Yeah. And they kept coming back saying, you didn't want to do it. That you were too good for it, that you were, that you were, and then he was like, that doesn't sound like Ed. Yeah. <laughs> you know? And so he was at JAMA, and then he confronted those pastors, like, where's Ed? Why isn't he yeah. doing the video? And then he, they said again, ah, oh, Ed wanted to get paid. Right? And then he said, look around the sound system. These speakers from Hawaii and New York and Virginia. Tens of thousands of dollars. Yes. The the band you pay for every session they're playing three times a day. Jeez. You know? It's just not cheap, by the way. <laughs> yeah. And so it's just like, why? What? You do a car wash and raise Ed? that money. Yeah. yeah. And so he opens his phone in front of uh, my pastors and he calls these two other guys. And then he, and they're in they're in Seattle. And yeah. it's like an hour drive down to Tacoma. They're like, hey, can you come down to Tacoma and record some video for JAMA? And they weren't planning to come. And on the phone, on speaker, he, they said, yes, pastor, we'll be there right away. Right? And so my pastors are like, whoa, how do you get your congregation to do that? Uh-huh. And he's like, oh, I love, I love my congregation. He said, don't you love Edward? Wow. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And he's telling me the story and I felt so vindicated. Yeah. That somebody was out there standing up for me. Still. Yeah. He called them out for that shit, you know? And then, but the thing was like, I was on the same page. At least I got to say my word, but I left yeah. because of that. It's just a thousand bucks. But the principle behind all that was just like, they don't give a shit about me. Of course. They, I'm not they, worth it for them. I mean, to put it simply, it's just... They thought that you were somebody that they could take advantage of and they couldn't do it. So it frustrated them. They're like, this guy, he should he should be grateful that we even asked him to do this stuff. So they didn't value you as a person. And so when you said no, they're like, who is this guy to say no to us? And for them, it was a, yeah. like, I, like I, we just mentioned it on this podcast. It's a pride and ego thing. And they thought that they could take advantage of you because they couldn't. Mm-hmm. It hurt their pride and their ego. But like, what were they going to do with a thousand bucks? I needed that money. <laughs> I know. Well, that's what I'm saying. Like, that's why I always tell people, like, if you're going to do free work, right? Free work makes sense. I've done free work before and I've learned a lot from it. If it's from a learning perspective, right? right. You can gain something from it. He's already established. He already knew his value. People already knew his value. And then even then you lowered your value to help out the church for just a thousand dollars just to cover expenses. Yeah. That's all that you were asking for. And even then it wasn't worth it. Like I don't want like I know people who have done internship and free work and they've taken a lot of stuff from me, right? Like obviously they got paid eventually, 
Mm-hmm. Well, they got a regular job, but they learned a lot on the spot and they, they've they gained something from it. Yeah. But when you're coming from a position and you're not offering anything, what what do you do? Like, this is not an internship position. This is a job that you're asking for. It's like the kingdom. What am I going to get? <laughs> I went to Iraq, bitch. Yeah. Like, you know? You what go do to I need to, Yeah. What do I need to gain more? Yeah. I had to seek God more by doing free labor? What was that like, in the Bible? This? Yeah. What the hell? Like, and this is where it kind of fucked with me too, where I was just like, come on, you don't ch- think I'm this stupid, do you? What was the church? That, what, what, which church was this? This is my home church. And these three pastors aren't from Tacoma. Yeah. They're from wherever else. And they hi- got hired into the youth, the college in English and, and children's ministry. So there were three English ministry pastors. How old were they? Varied between 30 to 40. Oh. And yeah. And, it's, this is just like, I know they know better, but this was clearly some weird fucking plan. And was it worth it for a thousand dollars? No, like it was a thing, power trip. When I left church is when my career started taking off. Yeah. Which breaks my heart too, because of all the things that I love to do for the church and then the great things like when creative ideas and even innovation technologically with videos that I wanted to do. And it was just like, uh. I just felt like a shit stain, you know? Yeah. And maybe that's part of the Calvinist idea that where it's just like, you're not good enough. You're not supposed to be good enough. Stop putting yourself up on a pedestal. Down, down, down. Your, your, your pride, your pride, your pride. It's when so it funny. was just stifling me. The, the, the concept, oh, I hated this shit too. When they would talk about, you know, we talk about pride and ego, like I mentioned before, but I, I like it when people, I hate it when people will shove it in your face only when they wanted something from you. Right. Yeah. So you're doing something that you feel like is worth your time or you're doing it and they go, hold on, you're being prideful. It's like, but hold on a second. No, I'm not. Uh-huh. You know, so it's like, well, I, I always, you always had to like subjugate, subjugate yourself to somebody else's will because it was quote unquote, what they said was for Christ, but it was really for them, for yeah. themselves, you know? And I hate it when people would use religion or they would use Jesus Christ as a tool to get what they wanted out of people, which is the most evil shit that you could ever do and all i could think about too when i was younger was like you're gonna get yours eventually i know you are right and so for me like for example when i told you that guy who um who slapped me upside my head yeah. and, you know in front of church in front of people and i take him aside and i was like i'm gonna fucking cut you open like it's not very christ-like for me to say that but i was a very angry kid you know and he never did it again but that guy lo and behold uh when i started popping off on youtube the guy hits me up Right, uh-huh. he goes, "Hey man, I'm not sure if you remember me. Like I went to your church, blah blah blah. I was like one of the older youngs, whatever, whatnot." I'm like, "Bitch, I know exactly who you are." <laughs> he's like, "Yeah, me like shit." <laughs> yeah, and he's like, "Well, you know, I do stuff with youth now, and I wanted to know if you wanted to come in and talk about your personal experience." And I just remember I wrote back to him. I was like, "Well, you should talk about that personal experience where you slapped me upside my head, uh-huh. and then you basically tried to make me a bitch in front of everybody because you thought it was cool." I was like, "If you have problems with kids bullying people, you should talk about your personal experience of how you used to try to bully people." Right. Right. And then he was like. He just wrote back. He goes, "Hey, I, I, I'm sorry, but like, I, you know, I'm sorry if I came out of you nowhere, like asking for a favor." I was like, "Yeah, you did come out of nowhere, nowhere ask me for a favor." Yeah. But I was like, "Have you told that story? Where you, you you used to be that guy?" He goes, "No, I haven't." I was like, "Well, start there, and then hit me up after." Right. Right. So don't don't try to hide behind your fake piety, acting like you're Mister Perfect. If you right. haven't told your personal story where you were trying to bully people at church to do your bidding, and you want me to come in as a guest speaker, talk about your story first, humble yourself, and then I'll come through. Right. You know, which is why we don't have a problem telling these stories because we know who we are. Yeah. We're deadly honest about it yeah. too. So even like in the last church I was at, I have no problem confessing my sin. 
Yeah. Christians have a problem listening to confessions. Of sin. <laughs> yeah. I'm like, yo, guys, like, you know, I, I did a whole lot of cocaine this past weekend and I got, I just got passed out drunk. And I think, you know, whatever, like, these guys are be frozen with their eyes wide open. Like, like uh, uh, yeah. They didn't know the first thing to do. So even like when I'm saying, yo, all this racist shit is happening to me at my store. I could use your help. Like uh, nobody showed up. For, yeah. You know, except for, no, I'm going to give it to um, the pastors at that church and um, my friends, you know, David and June and, and uh, Josh, they, they came through for me, but like out of a church of like 250 people. <laughs> you know what I will say though? Like there's a big reason why I stopped going to Korean churches and this was what it was. Like right. I felt a lot of people would fake the funk. You know, right. like on the outside, on the exterior, they're very good about talking about Christ only because it would reflect how good they are as a person. When I started going to more, I wouldn't say America, I, I would say Americanized American. church, but people just, just non-Korean churches. Yeah. I found out that these people were so much more about that life. Non-Confucius. Yeah. <laughs> That's what it yeah, is. They, they, like, I wouldn't even ask. They would, I would get these texts like, hey, how are you doing? I'm like, right. what? Like nobody would ever ask how I was doing, right. you know, they, they would ask like, Hey, would you want to come out to these Bible studies? I never was asked that it was either. I kind of brought myself in, you yes. know, or <laughs> and then I became a part of the group. Yes, These people would reach out or even something this small. Right. I remember when I first went to an Americanized church, right. Which was, a, it was a black church, right. Uh, it was a church called Bayside of South Sacramento, which I love. Mm -hmm. uh, our head pastor passed away, uh, uh, pastor Sherwood. Um, but, <laughs> this was a, such a new experience. I walked I walked in. Before I walk in, there's a greeter at the door. Korean churches never had a greeter for me, the ones that I grew up in, yeah. right? They're like, good morning. How are you? What's your name? And I just stood there. I was like, what? <laughs> you know, I thought I was just going to walk in and sit down and do yeah. whatever. And they're like, hey, are you new here? And I was like, well, here's a panel. If you have any questions, let me know. Afterwards, we have we have drinks and whatever, whatnot, and snacks. Just stay around and, you know, have a good time. And I'm, I was just stunned because I never felt that type of just stranger warmth. Right. You know, this person doesn't know who I am. They right. asked me how I was doing. Very right. odd. We go sit down. And the first thing we do, and I see a lot of like Korean churches now implement this. And I think they got it from white people churches yes. was, hey, look at your, look to your neighbor and say <laughs> good morning and say hello. <laughs> and that shit was awkward for me. Yeah. I never had to do that. So they were, I, I looked to the side and I was like, good morning. They're like, good morning. How are you? And they shook my hand and I'm like. These people are fucking nice. Yeah. <laughs> like, they want me here. They're so sweet. Yeah. You know? And it, it was just such a pleasant feeling to be welcomed by people who I didn't know. And they seemed like they were more about that life than I've ever felt in my life. You know? Yeah. It, I think that's just one of those things where because I live so far away from every church I've ever gone to, was just like, I just want to be part of this and accept it. Now, I, I'm going to hold up my end and say I was a really annoying kid. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Even my when I went to that past, I was like, yo, why why is it like this for me? Why are people talking yeah. about my head? And he goes, Edward, some people think you're annoying. <laughs> <laughs> yo, it's the worst when a Korean pop pastor tells you that shit. Yeah. He's <laughs> like, I don't know how to say this, but you're annoying. <laughs> yeah, you know, you're like the garbage. <laughs> <laughs> yo, you got No, well, I mean, it's, so the whole idea behind it is just like the the core faith of, of Christianity is that you're not enough. Yeah. And only through Jesus are you enough. 
So we have this singer from Korea come in, and we're a Korean American <laughs> church. But in her, I think she thought she was coming to an America. She's coming to America, yeah. and she's going to sing for Americans. But it was a Korean church, yeah. And so she had this English like a line set up. You know, everybody, without the Jesus Christ, I am nothing but the piece of garbage. <laughs> <laughs> So it's just like, <laughs> oh, that's my favorite line, dude. I use that line so much because of how fucking funny it is, dude. So, I am nothing but a garbage. But at the same time, though, I that was one of my mantras. This like, I'm not enough. I'm not good. Yeah, that's Christianity, though, right? I need Jesus. I need Jesus because I'm not good. I think some part of us, like, if you want to talk about sin, fine, right? But then who you are. Inherit, at least what I believe in now, because of how toxic the idea of me shitting on myself so hard is, is where where I give myself some intrinsic value now. Yeah, you know, some born humanity rights where I'm I'm. See, that's so loved. interesting because I feel like that concept right there was developed in the Korean church because when I went to the Americanized church, mm. it was never that you're not enough. It's like <laughs> God believes that you are enough, you know. And he loves you and he cares about you, mm. which, you know, even that concept was like mind blowing to me. Right. You know, it's like he, God thinks you are enough. You know, you're, you're an imperfect human being, but that's good. You know, try your best every day. Right. Cause to us, it's just like C, you know, yeah. B, B plus, like, you know, any, you any, idiot. Anything, dude, dude, yeah. there's a, if you grew up in a Korean church and you fucked up, every Korean parent will tell you this shit that you would do something bad. They go, yeah. That, 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 that's Satan. That's Satan. You, you know. You know what I mean. Yeah. Oh, you want to go to hell? You yeah. Know, it's like, do you want to go to hell? It was everything was through fear mongering. You know, I wouldn't do things because I was so scared to go to hell. Right. Like I remember when I when I first jacked off, I was like, shit, I'm going to hell. But you know what, baby boy, about to take this risk. <laughs> you know. At least you know. I think at least if. They took a different approach to that shit with the youth and just be honest about it. It's like, we know you jack off. Yeah. You know, all you kids jack off. All you, unless you have the gift of celibacy. Yeah. <laughs> like, I don't know how you're doing all it. jacking off. You know, and deal with it from there. Stop stop trying to stop them from yeah. jacking off. It's as human as a human gift. You, you have to deal with that shit. And look, well, how? Well, I don't know. Sorry. Yeah. <laughs> That's why I'm not in the church anymore. Yeah, it's it's hard, man, like dealing with your with your religion and your religious thoughts. And, you know, for anybody who out there who wants to be Christian or, you know, feels like there's a, a drive for you to follow Christ, then I'll tell you this is like uh, fucking picking out churches is like picking out friends. Like you got to yes. find one that fits You're finding you. a club. Yeah, it's hard. It's There's just no doubt. You're finding a club. Yeah, and there's a church that I, yeah, I remember that I mentioned the church that I went to and this one person was like, yeah, you go to that church, no wonder you're not really a Christian. And I'm like, <laughs> it's like, all right, bro. I was like, just to let you know, judging me, you going to hell first, bitch. And I, was, I was like that. <laughs> yeah, I was like that. <laughs> when I got back from my, I was like, Bomp, bomp, bomp the word. Yeah. Fuck Joel Osteen. <laughs> yeah. well, Joel Osteen's a very unique human being. Yeah. Right? Okay. Mr. Prosperity, Mr. Prosperity Gospel yeah, over here, dude. Yeah, that's trash. Straight yeah. up, all the way around. Yeah, straight up, you know, I believe in God and Jesus Christ, all that stuff. Fuck Joel Osteen, though, dude. <laughs> this motherfucker Osteen. and his concept of, like, prosperity gospel is, is the most ridiculous shit on earth, man. Going to hell with me. I'll see you there, bitch. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like, this concept that he's like, you know what? My, my wife needs, like, a new house. Uh, I need I need about 50 bedrooms. Yeah. With 100 bathrooms. I always <laughs> had, the, you know, I talked about, my cousin's a pastor, right? Yeah. And he his his gripe that he, I remember I mentioned to him, I asked him, I was asking him about, what do you think about, 
these mega churches with superstar pastors. He's like, I don't know. You know, what he was telling me is like, I don't know how they do that because there are people in his congregation that are make, barely making ends meet and they're tithing 10% of their income and they're walking around with their Escalades, their bodyguards, their their $10 million homes. Yeah. And in their con- in their mind, they're like, well, I'm helping God's, you know, sheep. I'm helping guide them. So this is what I deserve. This is what God's given me. But he's like, you have people who are barely able to pay their bills yeah. and you're living in excess. How do you look at your congregation and say, I'm a believer of Christ and God will present you with all these opportunities when they're they're literally funding your lifestyle. That that was the question I asked myself when I was really questioning all of this was like if Jesus was alive today, you know, in in America and he needed a car, yeah, right, to get to point A to point B and he had a $30,000 budget, what kind of car would he buy? Right? And some people will say Mercedes, you know, some people might say whatever Honda or whatever. And some people, for me, it is my belief that if with all the information we have out there, knowing that people are starving and dying, you know, I think Jesus would spend maybe two G's on a car and give the rest away. Yeah. That sounds like Jesus to me. Yeah. And I was like, none of us do that though. None yeah. of us actually think that way. None of us want to do that. Yeah. Which was where I was like, okay, then let me sell my shit. Let me really fucking do this. And coming out of it, though, other Christians look at you like, you did a good thing. You did nice. I can't but do it, but good for you. Yeah, good for you. <laughs> yeah. But I'm like, wait, so then are you Christian? Am I Like what? I, I was just so lost because all these people are fine just living their regular lives, making 100K, you know, while they're suffering. And where I was digging in the word where it's like, I need to, you need to go help suffering. And I couldn't balance the fact of living in a suburban town with a nice church in the middle of a fucking ghetto, actually, you know? Yeah. And I don't know. It's just, it's just so hard to call myself a Christian. There's just a lot of those internal battles with everything that you do, whether it's religion or, you know, as you get older, it's like a lot of the ideals that you grew up with that you mm-hmm. thought were complete truths that were just infallible truths. Yeah. And you'll start questioning these things throughout your whole life. Yeah. And I've, you know, I've definitely felt that way too. You know, I just learned to navigate, just trust myself and just, I don't want to say fuck them, but it's more, you know, that is what I'm saying. Yeah. Fuck them. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like you're walking around, you know, you got a Lambo, you got all this other shit and you know that people are starving and have, struggling within your congregation and you could walk around and be fine with that. Fuck you, bro. Yeah. Like, fuck you. And I say that not from a place of, you know, I am judging you, but you know why? Because my dad uh, started up a couple of churches in Sacramento. He ran his own business, put himself through like seminary school. He has a master's in theology and he never took a cent from his church. Right. And we were struggling. Right. He didn't take a fucking dime from those churches. He didn't get paid for his shit. He took his time and his money and he built those churches up and he didn't take a fucking cent. So don't tell me it can't be done. Do not tell me it can't be done. We were never rich. We were lower, lower middle class, right? Which we worked to get to that point. Yeah. And I was around a man who sacrificed everything, didn't take a cent from his church and did it out of his belief in Christ and, and the goodwill of his own heart. My dad was a lot of things. He was a jackass and an asshole. Yeah. <laughs> but it definitely what you can say was my dad was an honest person. And when, when he was about his faith, he was really about his faith. So yeah. when I see people and they're talking about, well, God wants me. So what does I say about my father? You know, is my father this, 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 uh, he, he just has it wrong. You know, he, he raised two kids perfectly healthy. Yeah. We struggled here and there, but he did such a good job as a parent. I didn't feel like I was struggling, Yeah, you know? So wh- 
how can you say it can't be done or how can you say that it's it doesn't make sense when it has made sense from from an ex, from a very close example in my life so it's hard for me to kind of subscribe to their thought of god will wants me to pr- prosper this hard right i just can't i it's, can't do it yeah it's hard for a lot of people on the outside looking at a church on the inside and see a a, a mercedes bmw rolls or whatever meanwhile so like my church being Tacoma, Tacoma isn't, you know, known for being, you know, such a luxurious city. You know, there was across the street from my house. I remember in uh, seventh grade, we had a field trip, Bible study field trip, but we were going to go watch a movie. Yeah. And so they load us up in the van and we're going out the gate and cop cars stopped us. Skirt. Right. And they were just staying there, staying there. Right. More cop cars. Then this SWAT team goes in. They bust down the door. We're watching this from our church van across the street. Yeah. And they pull out these dudes and they're handcuffed and zip tied and they load them in the paddy wagon. And then these dudes in hazmat suits go in and they just go in like, it looks like outbreak or something. And there's like, there's a giant meth house inside. <laughs> you know, it's a huge hazard. And that's the neighborhood that our super nice church is in the <laughs> middle of. That's crazy. And I was one of those, as I'm getting older, like through youth group, like this is my church, this is my world. But then outside of those gates across the street, I wasn't paying attention to any of that shit. Yeah. That was the kind of things that was really getting in my mind. Like, do I care about my neighbors? And it drove me out all the way to fucking Iraq to learn how to do that. Yeah. How to just live my life and love my neighbors. It's just having a relationship, hanging out with them. That's- You're not shoving shit in their face. That's- You're not manipulating them. It's It's the best way, you know, People, people love that preaching aspect, you know, without ever getting to know the community that the person's coming from, right? Mm-hmm. And this is why there's such a huge disconnect um, when people try to connect with other people because they think like, oh, this person doesn't know these things and I need to teach them a lesson. Well, it's like, first of all, you haven't even done the social human part of getting to know who they are because they're not even in a space willing to accept the things that you're saying. Because who the fuck are you to come in and tell me how to live my life? You know, mm-hmm. and I think that's why people always say you have to you have to lead by example. That's the biggest part. Like people that I've seen that have turned to, um, like even like a couple of my friends who were like addicted to drugs or stuff, they didn't stop doing the drugs because somebody told them to stop. Is because they saw somebody else or they saw something else that was a, a life that they wanted. Yes, it was by an example that they saw. They saw a possibility. Exactly. This guy was no different than me. Mm-hmm. Right, like David Goggins. The reason why I followed David Goggins because that guy was a three hundred pound fat fuck, right. and he may help me lose weight. Because I was like, oh, uh, he's keep he keeps preaching this idea of I am just like you. Yeah. You know, you don't have to be me, but I was where you're at, and you can accomplish what I did because I'm not a special human being. You, you know? know who that was for me? Who? Bart. Bart Quan. Because <laughs> remember when we went to watch UFC two hundred? Yeah, and it didn't show up. So we started watching older fights. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. So Bart was at the studio and I'm actually standing next to him. We're chilling and we're watching a fight and it was a it was a featherweight bout. Yeah. And I'm watching him and, you know, Bart and I are both five, eight, whatnot. Yeah. But he's like he's 80 pounds jacked more than yeah. me, right? So at this point, I'm fat as fuck. I'm like 240, 250 yeah. too. <laughs> but I'm fat. And I looked at Bart. I was like, hey, if you were in the UFC, what weight class would you fight in? He said featherweight, uh, 145. And yeah. at that time, what is he, 220-something? Yeah. I was like, no way, man. Yeah. 
And then Bart looked at me like he was going to tear me apart. Yeah. He's going to tear me. Like I was the biggest fucking idiot in the yeah. world. And then he looks at me and he goes, yes, I can. I can do it. Yeah. And I didn't know what to say because I really immediately, that reaction from him where I felt like I was going to die <laughs> was, yeah, who am I? Why would I not believe that Bart? Like, look at me. I'm a fat fuck. Yeah. So where do you come off saying that shit? Yeah. yeah. And I really reevaluated that. And it was from there, I was just like, I never believed I can be less than 180. Yeah. You know? And if at the time, and it was literally Bart just looking at me like he was going to kill me to make me like, oh, I don't believe in, like in myself, you know, yeah. roundabout why I can see why so many Christians stay fat is because they don't believe in themselves. Yeah. They have to rely on Jesus and Jesus doesn't care if you're fat or not. You know? Yeah. It's like, hey, Jesus love you. It's your family. Yeah. Like, whatever. Jesus, okay. Jesus think of you skinny. Yeah. It's all right. Right. It's all about acceptance in that way. But sometimes I think for people like even you and I, mm-hmm. like we're, we're not easily satiated. Yeah. Right. Always looking for something. Always new. for looking for some, this big hole. And for me personally, personally you know they always tell you that god will fill that jesus-shaped hole in your heart yeah personally for me i really never felt too much of a fulfillment there yeah especially you know especially when you're treated like shit yeah (laughs) too it's the environment you know yeah and where you have to be like well the church doesn't like me and uh the leadership doesn't like me but god is still good Jesus still likes me. Yeah. And so I have to walk around like a wonka like that. Like yeah. I ain't shit, but Jesus still loves me. And I'm just going to live in and wallow in, in, in my self-pity or some shit, you know, and just like, at least Jesus. But for me to really get to at least where I want to be, like I had to lift myself up. Yeah. I had to love myself yeah. in, in a way. I think a lot of Christians don't exactly learn how to love themselves because they have to learn how Jesus loves them and makes them okay mm. as who they are. And it leaves them in the dust of all the problems that they could fix in their lives because say, you know what? I'm okay this way because Jesus loves me. <laughs> Maybe you could work on that. Yeah. I, and I think that happens a lot with, um, I think that's also just leadership and how they kind of misconstrue the message, right? Because they're trying to pull at somebody's heartstrings rather mm-hmm. than offer them real life solutions. You know, they're, they're, they're saying these things that they know that these broken humans want to believe. Right. You know, because if they're like, oh, I don't have to fix myself because God loves me, you know, <laughs> when really it's just that's ne- that was never the case. You know, so a lot of the times the message becomes really misconstrued. That's why I always say you got to find the right church. You got to find the right church with like the right message, you know, because I, I think that, would, that was a very Korean Christian thing, you know, but when I started going to other churches and the, the message was different, it kind of rocked my world a little bit. They they helped me evaluate how I behave and a lot of the things that I do. So sometimes too, when people would look at these these YouTube videos, right, they're like, oh, you're, it's like, you speak so well, but I was like, well, this came from a church because I was a, I was yeah. a minister, I was a preacher, you know. You had to go up and talk to a bunch of people every week. Every fucking week. Yeah. So I had to do this consistently. And um even even now when I don't when I talk about secular shit, it's it's very Christ like though. A lot of the stuff that I learned was because of church. A lot right. of my morality, right. a lot of how I treat people around me, a lot of how um maybe even that rebuking part is probably for yeah. church. <laughs> it's like I'm saying this with love, but fuck you. Yeah, exactly. I just kind of, you know, did things my own way, you know. Yeah. Obviously for me, because I made a different career choice and a di- different career path, I decided to stop doing church stuff. But you know, uh, a huge part of who I am and what I believe and how I behave is because of of a Protestant Christian background, you know? Dude, like, 
I know I, I, I don't like to call myself a Christian, but I can't stop listening to Christian music. <laughs> Open the eyes of my heart, Lord. Like I, I keep up with the new releases, to be honest. There's a way, there's something about it that makes me feel about what I loved about church. You know, and sometimes I like to get together to just philosophize with friends because it makes me think about the Bible study get-togethers we had. Yeah. And why I like going out to eat with my friends is because I, I recognize communion or, or going out for yeah, Thai food after service. Community, all this other why stuff. Why we still go to Noraban? Because we love singing together. Yeah. You know, there's all these things that I have to find replacements for. <laughs> 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 but, you know, like it's there, Yeah, you know, and it, it was so heartbreaking to have to leave church thinking that, I couldn't find that stuff, but it's out there. You know, one of the biggest reasons why I, I switched from going Korean churches to obviously there was like community issues mm. was because the music was better. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like you have no idea. Like I hated every time I went to a church and there was a guy who just barely knew how to play the acoustic guitar, some shitty ass electric guitarist and the shitty fucking drummer. And I, you know, I loved music. And so they just... Nobody could harmonize to save their fucking lives. It was just the wackest shit. You know why? You know why it's like that at every Korean church? Because they strive for mediocrity because being too good is too prideful. Dog. It's a Confucian aspect about their Christianity that doesn't allow themselves to be more talented, learn better, or perform better, or anything. They keep throwing themselves under the bus and just being mediocre. That makes so much sense because when I was in Riverside, I joined this uh, youth group and I wanted to be a part of the praise. Now I hated their music yeah, because they just didn't understand fucking music. Yeah. You know, they didn't understand like the harmonies that they would put together, like the vocal harmonies were fucking trash. It was always this, you know, it was same always whole notes. same whole notes, the fucking <laughs> Esther Choi singing the same note. You know what I mean? Esther Choi and Peter Kim. Yeah. Esther, Esther Choi's and Peter Kim is playing this fucking thing. And I remember this dude, like, I remember this youth leader too. Because I wanted to fucking fuck him up. But he's so lucky that we're inside of a church. But I remember there was a couple of things I hated about the church was the click-like behavior. Yeah. Because I wasn't from the area. Yeah. I, I came from uh, Sacramento and I joined this praise team. And I remember I just wanted to, I joined the praise because I had a good voice. Way better than his for sure. Yeah. You know? And I wanted to add some stuff. I was like, yo, let's change the key to this shit. You know, like you could, you could sing in a higher key and then we'll, we'll work on these few part harmonies. And I wanted to add like some dope shit that I learned from the black churches that I went yeah. to. Right. He wasn't having it. He was like, no, 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 this is better. Right. And I remember when I added stuff and people fucking loved it. They loved my voice. They loved doing this stuff. And then this will try to clown on me. He was like, oh, like you like doing that extra stuff. And he's like pretending to do runs in front of my face. And I just looked at him and I wasn't laughing. Right. Yeah. And he got really quiet. And then the only thing I think about is like, bro, if we were in church. I would I would just roast your yeah. ass in front of this whole fucking church, but he's a church leader, so I can't do that. It's like everybody in it. It happens in Korean church is, is yeah they just they give themselves a ceiling, like of of what's acceptable or not, like as if Christians can't have the highest form of skill. Yeah, <laughs> like they're not allowed to. That's why when I went to Bayside and I heard these vocal harmonies, you yeah. know, I'm like. When music is good, that shit makes you feel God, yeah. you know? So 
it was something I never felt going to these Korean churches because I knew it was going to be a shitty electric guitar, these terrible singers that are not terrible, but they're very, very just flat. They just grew up in church. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> these untalented, you know, they're just, they have, a, they could hold a note is really what yeah. it is. And I started hearing these, like these vocal arrangements, these, uh, these uh, guitar arrangements. I'm like, man, this is dope. And I wanted to go to praise because every time I would go to church, I would skip praise. Yeah. Because I'm like, I don't want to hear this. I just want to hear a good sermon. Yeah. You know? But so I joined the praise team at the church I joined when I moved back to Washington, but I was terrible. I hadn't played guitar and sang in a long time. I was terrible. So I just stayed off and stood on, stuck on the soundboard and I just do the sound every week instead. But towards the end of my time in Washington, I was really, really just losing all of my faith. Yeah. So I was just sort of like, fuck it. Right. I don't give a fuck about any of this shit. Yeah. Because... I, honestly, my feelings were like, I don't think anybody gives a shit about me either. Mm-hmm. So on my birthday, I just went, it's, it was a Saturday night. I went and got plastered, just got crazy drunk. And I was too drunk. So I, I, I did a line of Coke. Then I was ready to drink again. Then I was too hyped. So I smoked some weed. And then I was too chill. So I snorted some more Coke. And I was thirsty. So I drank more alcohol. And I went wild that night. You know, and when I got back to my friend's apartment, he had some E, so we crushed it up, and then I snorted some E, and I passed out, like, at 4 or 5 a.m., and then I wake up at, like, 6.30, and I'm ready to just go to church now. <laughs> so, there's a thing. The last thing I did was snort E, and I went and passed out, and then I went to church. So, a couple hours later, I'm rolling now, yeah. and I'm at church, and I'm doing the sound, and I'm turning up that bass all the way. <laughs> oh, my I'm God. I'm rolling at church. I'm pale and sweaty. Mm-hmm. And after church, everyone's like, man, Ed, that sounded really good today. That was really awesome. I was like, I was fucking right? feeling it, motherfucker. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And here's the thing. Like, I went to them and I told them, like, look, man, I have a drug problem. I'm getting wasted every weekend. I'm doing coke every weekend. And doing whatever comes my way, I'll do it. You know, I'm like, I'm lost, guys. In my small group meeting, yeah. I'm telling them this. And they're like, but is that why the music is so good? Yeah, it's just like. <laughs> <laughs> they're like, they start giving you Coke and E. They're like, well, do some more. <laughs> like, fucking praise is off the hook, dude. But I mean, that's where I'm getting to was just like, they didn't know what to do. They're so grown up in some suburban, like, Christian, like, Maybe they're not like a city kind of church. Yeah, yeah. Even though they're in Seattle. Because they're just disconnected from everything. Yeah. So I kept doing it every weekend. And I, I told them straight out well, what I did. And after a while, they came out with a new like contract for worship leaders where they added a stipulation, no substance abuse. I chose not to sign it. I quit and I went and did more drugs because I felt like nobody gave a shit. Yeah. And I told them the last day, I'm quitting, guys. Um, I'm still doing drugs. I'm still suicidal. I really don't know what to do with my life. Blah, blah, blah. And these guys just looked at me and had nothing to say. Now I'm just like, look, Christian to Christian or whatever, human to human, I'm crying. I'm telling you straight in your face, my problem. Like, help me out. And they go, all right, you guys, uh, who wants to pray for Edward? <laughs> oh, my God. These people suck. These people fucking suck, dude. Like you, honestly, you should have. At that point, you just got to find a better church. Like that. That. That's so disappointing because I know 
Because I know the church that I want to go to now, they would never do that. They would they would go to the ends of the earth to try to help you out, which is so because that's what I'm used to now. You know, that's my standard now because I found people who care. That's my standard of a church. And they care more than I give a fuck about them. <laughs> yeah. You know what I mean? Like they'll, they'll text me like, hey, how have you been? And I just want to tell them, hey, man, fucking leave me alone. But at the same time, I'm like, don't stop texting me. Because yeah. <laughs> at least it shows you care. Yeah. You know, that you guys will be here if I need you. You know? I'm not going to say they don't care. They didn't know what to do. They were not equipped for that. Yeah. Which it led me back to my past trauma about churches in the first place. Like you guys don't know how to do shit shit just to a regular guy you guys know how to preach the choir you guys know how to raise sheep that was born from other sheep yeah but how are you gonna bring somebody else in when you're bashing gay people and all this other shit when maybe they want to know god too yeah ever gave that a thought yeah. you know that's the hard part yeah and it was yeah there's a whole lot of reasons like obviously it riles me up but a lot of the things that happen like in church, in Korean church, especially as an older man, I get it. Yeah. We are all too crazy emotional and Koreans are so passionate. Koreans are violent. Koreans are crazy horny. And then you bring that shit into church. You and don't then know they what try to, to be it. holy. Yeah. <laughs> and that's a, that's just a bowl of chaos. Yeah. I think if they really actually took some time to help each other, I don't know, help the less fortunate than themselves, than Wait, maintaining a suburban life. I think it might do them a little better. And for the meantime, I'm just kind of staying out of it now. Yeah. It's a, it's a lot of hurt behind it. Yeah, it's going to take a while, dude. Well, yeah. that wraps up this episode of the Genius Brain Podcast, everybody. I hope you guys enjoyed that episode. I mean, listen, we just scratched the <laughs> surface, to be honest with you. There's so much more shit. But uh, that wraps up this episode. You can catch Ed at Ed Park VP on Instagram. And uh, you'll see him on this podcast multiple times, man, because we're just here chilling and talking, dude. So every Thursday yeah. to Sundays, and we'll see you guys next time. Bye. Peace. Peace.